3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The
3: numbers
4: told the story. They always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. One of those idiots who believe in analytics.
5: It's is our number two of a numbers game at Visa, The Sports Betting Network. Visa.com. cencom Visa app. Fubo. Sling, Game Plus. I Radio, YouTube TV. However you're taking us in this morning, we appreciate it. Baton Rouge. I know you're out there. Appreciate y'all as well. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. As Will Hill said on uh, on Twitter earlier this morning, we got Weingarten and Lombardi this hour. It's gambling porn, sports betting hall of fame. Uh, we'll get to that. And uh, Jeff, we're looking at adjusted NFL season win totals a bit later on as well. Some interesting things to look at there. Boy, I hope folks took the advice on the uh, the Broncos under ten and a half after Week One with that nutty adjustment. It's Eight and a half under juiced heavily now. So. uh we can always find value in that. Again, if you're in a jurisdiction with DraftKings that has adjusted season win totals or anybody else who does, good for you. This is a recent development in sports betting history. It didn't exist before last year. It was off-the-grid off, off the grid stuff that some of us partook in. It's partook a word? Partaken. We had partaken in it. But uh, now it is all uh, up and above board, and uh, good for you if you can... Uh, bet on that kind of thing. Let's bring him in from the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, available where all podcasts are distributed, part of the iHeartRadio network. It's Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke in Southern Cali. How you doing, Jason?
6: Pretty good. Good morning.
5: Uh, I want to talk to you about several subjects, but one of which is the title of your podcast is, in fact, literally, The Wide World of Weingarten. And therefore, you you span the globe looking for betting opportunities. And uh, you were lamenting, if I could use that word, yesterday on Twitter that there may have been one that has existed for years uh, over in the Middle East. And uh, could you explain to us what that might be?
6: Yeah, so uh, I was reading the Daily Mail yesterday, which uh, which I read every day because I love it and it's my my link to normal people and knowing what's going on in their world. Um, but there was a sports story that the uh, the Jordanian football team is is protesting a loss against Iran the, the women's team because they're accusing them of using men on their team um, and apparently this has been going on for five six years and I never knew about it and it's 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 crazy because these as as, as weird as it sounds these are the the things you look for yeah. when you're betting stuff in international leagues and small markets you know a, a woman's soccer team fielding a male goalie is pretty high on the list of, of edges.
5: Yes, and so again, without sort of giving commentary on how we feel about any of these things, we are simply looking for betting edges. That is what you are about on the wide world of wine garden, and you are it, what you are really trying to convey is if this is in fact a betting edge, um, you want to exploit it, and you also simultaneously want to know how would how would a bookmaker quantify such a thing, right? Like it just seems like it would be very difficult to do.
6: Yeah, and I've I've asked them before, you know, how can you quantify something like this? And they kind of just basically throw their hands up and say, "Yeah, it's uh, it's it's complicated."
5: Yeah. So you're still researching the subject. Still, you still don't have any definitive take I'm still I'm still
6: researching. Okay. I will I will scout the Iranian women's team schedule coming up, mm-hmm. um, and we'll we will definitely try to bet on the next game whenever it may be. Um, I actually remember betting on some. I, I think it was Iranian, like under twenty women's basketball or something this summer, but I never, I never checked the uh, the genders of the players or yeah. anything.
5: well, you assumed. You know what they say about assuming.
6: By the way, <laughs> yep. That goalkeeper is so clearly a man.
5: Uh, okay, let's let me ask you about the baseball awards this week. So you were the first to sort of get tipped off on the presenters of these awards. I won't linger on this too long, but um, yesterday, rookies of the year, in fact. Uh, Johnny Bench, red. Jonathan India, red. Cincinnati, red. Um, Then it was Freddie Lynn, outfielder. Tampa Bay doesn't really have a history. Randy Arosarena, outfielder, one. Yesterday, though, we might have had a little sliver of hope emerge. Because while Bruce Bochy gave the NL Manager of the Year to Gabe Kapler, Mike Socia did not give it to his former player, Scott Service, and former catcher, Scott Service. He gave it to the other catcher, Kevin Cash. So... Does this open the door? Because Oral is giving away NL Cy Young tonight. Does this open the door for Wheeler or Burns?
6: I think so. Um, you know, I, I think Burns is going to win. I, I I committed to Burns last night as my, my final pick. But um, I don't know. I just I haven't heard any Max Scherzer buzz. I'd, I'd be surprised if he won. I would too. I'd be surprised if it was so obvious. You know, oh, Oral Hershiser's here to give it to a guy who was a Dodger for almost you know 70 innings all season it just, it just doesn't make sense doesn't precedent wise with with him being traded midseason only pitching about 179 180 innings i just can't see the voters saying oh we need to give max Scherzer another cy young
5: i said it yesterday uh, i was like mlb can't can't be this ridiculous right they can't be and th- well, they
6: can. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, the <laughs> right, bar no. is always, always right. low. The bar. They can't set it too low for MLB. But
5: yeah, if ever there was an organization that would always find the wrong answer, that would be it—Major League Baseball. But yeah, the, the Lance Lynn thing today is the one that throws it off, right? Like Lance Lynn, can he possibly? Jack McDowell's given it out. Most known for his White Sox years, Lance Lynn would be a massive upset.
6: I'd, I'd be shocked if Lance Lynn was the voters' choice. I mean. You really there's there's no way you can look at how Robbie Ray pitched the second half of the season and decide that Garrett Cole or Lance Lynn deserved your votes if I'd be shocked if if the writers went with Lynn. I think McDowell just happened to be the guy. I don't know why I don't know how they're picking these presenters other than the obvious ones like Mike Schmidt, for example. yeah, you know, I'd be shocked if he's not announcing Bryce Harper. We
5: would all be shocked at this point. Uh, so yeah. Vonder Franco did not go your way. Sorry about that. You deserved it. Um, I think I thought Vonder Franco should absolutely have been the American League Rookie of the Year. Um, was he a bigger? Would he have been a bigger haul for you than than Soto?
6: Yeah, he have been a bigger haul for me than everything this year. Mm-hmm. Just just by virtue of him being, he was a hundred to one, ninety to one, seventy five to one. So late in the season, I was able to get a lot down on it. But that's just the way it goes. Like. I was I was prepared to lose it. I was a little disappointed he didn't get more first place votes. He only got two pl- first place votes. The Tampa Bay beat writer, who I consider a hack, didn't even vote for him. So you <laughs> okay. know it makes him even more of a hack. But I mean, there's there were 30 first place votes. Two of them voted correctly. 28 of the baseball writers clearly are blind and need to get glasses. It's their brutal. Classes, uh, it's brutal. You know, checked.
5: All right, NFL, NBA, um. What have you added to the NFL portfolio? Have you done any NBA stuff?
6: I have done so little NBA stuff um, and not not for any particular reason. I just I just don't find the markets super compelling. Like Steph Curry is the guy for MVP. And beyond that, beyond that, I'm I'm just not super, super into scouting a lot of this stuff. Let me ask you about the
5: Steph Curry thing with a real quick because he's like three to one. Which is not sexy, right? And in an NBA season, we see a roller coaster of, of people who end up becoming the short shot for MVP. But is Steph Curry so unbelievably torrid at this point that short of an injury, because you can't really expect a guy like that to drop off at any point, is this a, an exception that you, that you might consider a three to one wager? We're showing plus 250 here at BetMGM, but you can find some threes. Would you make a bet on that in sort of an Otani kind of way and just put it to the side?
6: Yeah, I, mean, I would consider it. I mean, like you said, 3-1 to is not a great value, but barring an injury, you can't really go through that list and think that, you know, Jokic or Embiid or, or Jimmy Butler or any of the guys, you know, the next couple tiers down are going to make a run against Curry at full hell. I wouldn't you think.
5: Know, what about football? I, What'd you add I the...
6: can't see any of it. What'd you um, add? What fo- yeah. L- Lamar. I added more Lamar Jackson. Wow. Um, everybody everybody's playing poorly this last week it, it was you know tom brady had a bad week stafford had a bad game aaron Rodgers isn't gonna win kyler murray isn't gonna win justin herbert isn't gonna win you know if, if you're looking for value i guess i'd consider mahomes at at his current number just because he's patrick mahomes you're always you know you get a good number on one of the best quarterbacks in football but up top i i don't see brady winning i don't see uh, like I said, I don't see Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray winning. So <clears throat> you're, you're kind of, you know, you could narrow the field down to five or six guys.
5: Does rookie of the year, does it interest you to add any Mac Jones money at rookie
6: of the year? It would have interested me more to bet it the last week or two. One of my friends was bugging me for like every, every day for the last couple of weeks, like we should bet Mac Jones, we should bet Mac Jones. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's that good of a bet. So I, I kind of skipped adding more when I could have. I bet him before the season when the news broke that he was the starter, Cam Newton got cut. So I have, I have some eight to one there. But, uh, I mean, you, it's clearly a two-person two, two person race in that, that thing between Chase and, and Mac Jones. Yeah, I've
5: made the point on this show and on primetime action that Jamar Chase, as great as he's been, like if he drops off at all in production and the Patriots just keep winning and make the playoffs – Jamar Chase will have no shot at this, just based on the history of this award, that it is always seemingly given to a quarterback, and I just think Mac Jones has much greater margin for error than Jamar Chase does in that. What about, we're showing one here at BetMGM, Defensive Rookie of the Year, so that was Offensive Rookie of the Year, but Defensive Rookie of the Year, if you can find this, and BetMGM has it, Micah Parsons is minus 160, and we got to run here in 30 seconds, but... It's his. I mean, there's nobody else that's shorter than 9-1. to one. Do you make that bet and just root against an injury?
6: I would lay Parsons only because I already bet Odafi Owe, who's the second guy, and I, I, I like Owe a lot. I think he has a chance to win. He's He has more pressures, more quarterback pressures than Parsons, but Parsons' stats, just, just every game, he's their leading tackler, tackles for losses, sacks. It's hard to compete when you're putting up stats like that i do think oway has a chance though i don't think i don't think anybody else really has a chance
5: yeah patrick sertan wedged in there as well at nine to one jason always appreciate it man the wide world of weingarten that's what we expect uh spanning the globe for betting edges man we appreciate it thank you
6: thanks thanks for having me we will talk later
5: jason weingarten that's spread a by the way if you want to follow him on twitter always pithy little tweets there about all kinds of subjects From under a cloud of smoke in Southern Cali. Jeff and I come back. We'll look at NFL adjusted season win totals. These are very interesting from DraftKings. We'll do that next. Lombardi as well. Numbers game, VC, the Sports Betting Network.
6: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: With college basketball having started, now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide is everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Tim Murray, they all provide their predictions for win totals, futures conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. We get tweets. Always appreciate the feedback at uh, Beating the Book. Primetime, Cowboys underscore Cubs. One. Can you give props to Joaquin Phoenix for his prep work to play Jason Weingarten on your show? He has really come into his own since joining a numbers game in VEASAN. Will there be a Docker movie coming in the near future? Jason has gotten Joaquin Phoenix? The dude? Who is that? uh, Jeff Bridges? No. Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Who else has he gotten? Just he's, He's Jason Weingarten. He's one of a kind. Your camera works now, Jeffrey? Yeah, does it? Jeff Parlay is here as well. Let's look at some NFL-adjusted season win totals. These are courtesy of DraftKings. And again, I'll, I'll harken back to after week one of the National Football League season. The reason that these are so awesome is, first of all, they're available. And as recently as two years ago, this was the kind of stuff that some of us did in off-the-grid ways, back room stuff. You may recall if you listened to the Beating the Book podcast for many years, I used to refer to as a stock market-like Betting vehicle that I used to engage in it was really adjusted NFL season win totals. Now you get to do it in the clear, and so good on DraftKings and anybody else who put these who puts these up. But if you remember after week one, one of the big things, big things I said on this show and on Primetime Action was how did the Broncos get adjusted from seven and a half to ten and a half after beating the Giants, a team that they were favored to beat week one, and so the under on the ten and a half was the good was the play on bet. Now the Broncos are at 8.5, and and the under is juiced at minus 170. So there are so many opportunities to find on this on a week-to-week basis. Now as it gets closer to the end of the season, that will obviously mathematically check out that there'll be fewer and fewer, but I think there's still some here. Here are the high teams, Titans, Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, and Bucks, all at 12.5, but you see that they're ordered. The way that they're ordered is by the juice on the over. So the Titans right now, because of their remaining schedule, I'll say it again. I don't know how many times I'll have to say it on this show. I don't care what you think about the Titans right now. They've banked the tough wins. Their schedule is super easy moving forward. There's a reason why they have the high watermark in the entire NFL in terms of their season win total. Over minus 190 on 12 and a half. Titans are there. Packers, Cowboys, Cardinals, Bucks, as I, as I uh, said earlier here, also at 12 and a half, but with, you know, various juice associated with them. The Buccaneers under minus 150. Bills and Rams at a uh, 11 and a half, though the Bills are uh, juice to the over. Chiefs and Ravens at 10 and a half. Now imagine as good as the feels that you have for the Chiefs right now and how you're like, oh, they're back. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are back. It's still only 10 and a half in this 17-game season. The over is juiced, though, at minus 150 because their schedule is much more difficult here down the stretch. Patriots, Chargers, Saints, Bengals, all at nine and a half. Browns, Colts, Niners at eight and a half. We can flip the screen for the for the others in a minute. But I think there is much more opportunity, Jeff, on the lower portion of this than there is on the higher portion. Because if we go to the the bottom part of this and you see the eight and a halves continue with the Vikings, Raiders, Broncos, and Eagles all at eight and a half. There's that Broncos eight and a half under juiced at minus one seventy five. Remember, after week one, inexplicably adjusted to ten and a half. I think the real opportunity is, can I say Washington? Look at Washington. They're at five and a half. They're currently three and six. Two more games against the Eagles, one more against the Giants. I think you can split with the Eagles and beat the Giants, even if you think they win one of those three. They might be able to find one or two more wins. I actually like Washington over five and a half is one of my favorites there. The other one is, let's go all the way to the bottom. Lions winning twice? They got the Thanksgiving game against Chicago. Where's their other win? Even if they beat Chicago on Thanksgiving? I don't know that they can get to two. I just think that's the resistance of the betting market wanting to put up a half. What about your Jets at four and a half? What else do you like here, Jeff?
7: Don't want anything to do with that because their schedule is pretty easy if they weren't just absolutely horrible. So I'm gonna stay away from that. I actually agree with your Washington one, Gil. Yeah. Uh because you're already at th- you're already at three of all those division games at the end of the year. I don't particularly like the Eagles. I kind of like the Eagles under eight and a half. Uh, the only problem is it's such giant juice. But I the Washington is would it shock you if Washington won a Carolina this week? It would not. Would not shock me. Nope. It wouldn't shock me if Washington got themselves to 7 and 10. And, this the, and
5: the Chase Young thing is an interesting thing, right? We tend to think of, you know, in basketball, right, what Bill Simmons called it, the Ewing theory. Really what it is is his way of non-quantifying what those who quantify things can tell you, where in basketball there's an optimal efficiency to f- five guys on a court. And when you lose your star, doesn't mean that you're necessarily worse in the short term. Losing Chase Young might not be a horrible thing for Washington. He was fundamentally unsound this year. He would just run up the field a lot. Wouldn't, wouldn't really stay inside. And so that might not be a horrible thing either. I hate to say it, love Chase Young, but he needs to correct some stuff. Something else stick out to you there?
7: 49ers are a little intriguing.
5: A little I'm, bit, eight and a half.
7: Yeah, they're, they're a little intriguing because they have a few games where they can stack up some wins in a row now where they're almost a touchdown at Jacksonville this week. Gets you back to 500. They get Minnesota at home. They're going to be favored in that game. They could be a, a pick at Seattle. There are a lot of winnable games. They have home games with Houston and Atlanta left. Nine and eight is absolutely in play for the 49ers, Gil.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, don't tell me I can't take 10. Don't tell me I go 10 weeks without nailing a game. I was all over that Niners game the other night. That is a team that is far better than most give them credit for at this point, the fumble luck. And I will talk to Lombardi about the Niners, too, if I could squeeze it in, because it's, it's a fascinating thing to watch how they have drafted players and they just don't use them. They're like, eh, I know we drafted you, but I prefer this guy. Taking taking away from the betting. If you just step back from these adjusted season win totals, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you've got to be the most disappointed because you're 5-3-1 and one, even after the tie with the Detroit Lions this week. You're only a half game out in the AFC North, and your adjusted season win total is 7.5. That's what the betting market actually thinks about you. And that's where it ought to be. 7.5 on the Steelers. Is the over-juiced on that at least? Do they get it over on 7.5? Let's flip the board here and find out. But you're 5-3-1, and one, and you're only expected... It is, but barely, minus 140. Can we show Pittsburgh's schedule as well Pittsburgh's seven and a half there over minus one forty under plus one fifteen. I think that's the one that would shock the fans the most. What about the Eagles at eight and a half now the under is juiced at minus one seventy five but the Eagles wouldn't you play the under on the Eagles? yeah Even I like, at minus one seventy five
7: I like that I'm just not a huge fan of laying almost a dollar eighty on that by the way, just to belabor to point out Pittsburgh real yeah. quick they're a dog they're gonna be a dog this week regardless of Ben plays are not against the chargers they're going to be a dog next week at cincinnati they're probably going to be a home dog against the ravens they're going to be a dog in every game left except for the home game against cleveland in week 17 that's why that number is yeah. that low
5: their pre-flop number before the season was eight and a half you're five imagine you tell somebody eight and a half who has the over like here you're going to be five three and one and your and your season win total is going to just down to seven and a half that's, that's the state of affairs with the Steelers right now. If it's Mason Rudolph, once again, we don't know. By the way, I thought Big Ben was, was vaccinated, and this wouldn't be a problem for him playing this week, but we don't know that in the end, huh?
7: Well, the timing of it, if he's symptomatic, that, that changes things a little bit.
5: Again, the difference between vaccinated rules and unvaccinated, if you're vaccinated, you just need two negative tests within 24 hours, and you can go. So I don't know. Right now, it could be Mason Rudolph, if that's the case. Then Dwayne Haskins will be a heartbeat away from the presidency for another week. If I may say it that way. Eagles, the Eagles are what? They're four and six right now. The Eagles, they got to win four. Uh, excuse me, five more games to get over their adjusted season win total. They have five more wins on this. They get Washington twice. You ain't winning both of those. Sorry. They do have the Giants. They do have the Jets. Oh, they got the Giants twice and the Jets once. They would have to run the table on those, though, wouldn't they? Popular, Unless they beat the Saints this week.
7: They're a popular team because they don't have to get on the plane again the rest of the year.
5: So this is an example. The Eagles thing is an example of whatever happens this week is going to determine the result of this. Because if they, if they beat the Saints, they got a shot here. Go, I should say not going to determine, but goes a long way towards determining. If Philly beats the Saints here with two more games against the Giants, two more against Washington, and one against the Jets, you might be able to clip it. But if they lose here, you, you're not getting there because no, you're the, not the, sweeping those the five. One other
7: point, too, uh, that uh, that uh, John Goulet just reminded me of also, Dallas probably going to have the division wrapped That's week right. 18. So that could be – again, we already saw Cooper Rush win a game on the road this year, but it's probably going to be Cooper – could very easily be Cooper Rush. Yeah,
5: but the problem with that is Dallas still wants the number one seed. So that might sort of be the counter to that. Division's already wrapped. But number one seed, remember, only one team gets a bye. We'll look at these a little more. Lombardi, Michael Lombardi, as well, coming up. It is a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: The Sports Betting Network.
5: Back on the numbers game, Gil Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay, producer number five and eight. Jeff also hosts a show on the weekend called Bet Center, uh, where he hosted by the name Jeff Parles. I don't get it either. Um, college basketball, you had a couple games that you thought were of note last night that you wanted to mention, that you think were worth mentioning.
7: Yeah. Uh, the- too quickly here, uh, Seton Hall come from behind win, down double digits in the second half against Michigan. What a great win. Out of for, nowhere. Out of nowhere. Great win for Willard and company. And then BYU just taking the sledgehammer to Oregon last night in Portland. They were That game was never competitive, Gil, and it was an 81-49 victory in the end for BYU.
5: What have you read into the early season? Anything at all? Or is it just standard college basketball November shenanigans?
7: Dagger's is really good. UCLA is really good. UCLA is really good. Villanova's really good even in defeat against UCLA. Other than that, there have been a lot more random Power 5 teams losing to horrible teams that they have no business losing to than the usual.
5: Do you believe in what uh, Matty Cox said on this show yesterday, which is that some of these smaller conferences, the Miacs of the world, the SWACs of the world, they're going to cover more often? Based on these spreads than they than they used to? Is that a thing that has legs?
7: I don't disagree with it. Yeah. I, these te- Look, the transfer portal obviously helped the big guys as well. But look, there there are guys who are higher-level quality players playing at lower-level schools because they can transfer and play right away when they weren't getting minutes of power fives or, or
5: big-time schools, go. So let me ask you about a couple other things. Because in between giving tennis picks on this show, I say some outlandish stuff that people think is ridiculous. One— I, I bet yesterday I bet the Titans to win the Super Bowl at eleven to one. We're going to talk to Lombardi about that. Do you understand my logic on that? Like in other words, both things are true. They are this. I get it. Very kind of middling defense. No Derrick Henry currently didn't do much to beat New Orleans. Even in victory again on uh, on Sunday, they didn't do much. I get it. Currently as constituted, not so good. But they've the hard part's over. They've banked the wins. We just talked about the adjusted season win total. They've got the highest one if you factor in the juice in the NFL. Derrick Henry's going to come back comfortably by the playoffs. At least that's what the schedule looks like right now. If they get a number one seed, you could possibly have a situation where they take off Week 18 and have a bye. And Mike Vrabel, here's the one thing I would disagree with Drew. Drew Dinsick, who, who doesn't, you know, he, he's not high on Tennessee at all. He was saying Mike Vrabel will mess up in the playoffs. Don't we have evidence to support that Mike Vrabel is actually a good playoff coach? Because that's the other part of my thing is they're actually a tried and true playoff tested team.
7: A hundred percent. Right. I mean, look, two years ago, they were a double digit dog on the road and
5: handled Baltimore
7: pretty easily in that divisional game two years ago. And we're leading Kansas city by double digits in the second quarter until that magical Mahomes touchdown run that completely flipped that game on its head. But look, Gil, if they get Derrick Henry back and get the bye, which again, for them, having the bye is the, of all the teams in the NFL, they need it more than anyone because it's the extra week to get Henry ready and get him re- ready for that divisional round. But you are 100% right about this schedule. After really next week at New England, they are going to definitely be favored in every other game the rest of this season. They're
5: going to be. Yep, I got Texans this week. Now, of course, if they lay an egg and lose to the Texans, let's erase this tape. But you know what I mean on them. The one thing, and I, I wish I could figure out here going through tweets because we have too many to find right now, but somebody pointed out to me this morning, and I will say that they are correct on this. Because essentially, doesn't this fly in the face, though, of your theory that to win a Super Bowl, you must either, be, either have a quarterback on a rookie deal who's overperforming and you could pay other players or be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback? That is literally, with the exception of Nick Foles, who was replacing Carson Wentz on a rookie deal, so it doesn't actually torpedo that theory. But with the exception of that year, it hasn't happened since Brad Johnson won with the Buccaneers in 2002 and Trent Dilfer won with the Ravens in 2000. He's right. This would buck that. Because Ryan Tannehill ain't on a rookie deal, and he ain't going to the Hall of Fame. This just did. So that would be the one thing. It would, it would crumble my, my uh, quarterback theory on that.
7: Yeah, but if Derrick Henry is back, we're talking about a a once-in-a-generation
5: unicorn We are in this league. I have used that word many times when describing him. Uh, NBA, then the other outlandish thing that people think I'm saying is, like, everybody's so locked into this narrative that when LeBron comes back, the Lakers are going to be awesome, and I just don't buy it. He's going to be 37 years old in December. 37. We just I know he's LeBron. I know he's the greatest. I know. But we just think he's going to walk in and that Lakers team is going to be that awesome? I do not buy that. If you watch the Warriors on a nightly basis when they're playing, they are spectacular. And as Besper said, as JVT has said, they are playing defense now in a way that wasn't expected. And Kyrie, just to go to the other sort of behemoth in the NBA... We have no indication of when he's coming back, do we? Because they're not changing any laws in New York. There was a moment there where they thought, oh, maybe they'll change the laws and Kyrie will sort of luck his way back into the lineup. But there is no sign of him coming back. Is that nuts to think that the Warriors, and I've talked about them before the season, they still haven't gotten Clay back when they they started winning games early in the season. I'm not getting the full buy-in on people on the Warriors and I just don't get it. You think I'm crazy about that? I like the No, the you know, Paul, like, no, no. I'm pausing
7: because I think what you said and what Dan Bespris said earlier in the show are both—they're both correct. Where this is a little bit early season magic for Golden State, but if Clay comes back and looks anything like Clay Thompson did in the past, then you're talking about a team that can absolutely win the NBA championship. And look, the—you mentioned it with Kyrie. We have no idea if Kyrie Irving's coming back. We have no clue. None. We have no idea if he's ever going to get vaccinated. We, I think, it's a pretty safe assumption now that there's going to be a new mayor in January, and the uh, mayor-elect Adams has already said he's going to keep the uh, the vaccination requirements in in play. There, especially heading
5: towards winter, he's absolutely yeah, going no, to. That, yeah.
7: that's staying. Like that's not going anywhere. So Kyrie has to get vaccinated in order to play uh, for the Nets. So look until until we. Even if Kyrie comes back, I'm not certain the Nets would actually win a seven game series against Golden State if Clay is right.
5: I think I'm adding a Warriors future to the to the Titans one that I did yesterday. Um what would would you bet the Warriors to win the title right now at the current price? It's a little low.
7: <laughs> it's it's short, but yeah. the problem is this seven could to be one ish. Yeah. This could be the shortest it is yeah. all year.
5: Yeah. And Steph, and I and I stand by the Steph thing. I think you get a three to one on Steph in the same way that I got an Otani four to one. Right? So, everybody's cashing on Otani tomorrow. But some people got him at 33 to 1 and 50 to 1. It becomes very too cool for school and gambling circles to say, oh, you're going to get him at 4 to 1 now? I mean, you could have gotten so much of a better number. Yeah, but like once I got the 4 to 1, I was thrilled he ends up at like minus a bajillion. I kind of feel that way about Steph this year, right now, in this moment. I think it's my Otani at 4 to 1 on Steph right now because I don't think it's going to be a roller coaster in the NBA MVP. And yeah, you could give it to Giannis, and you could give it to Jokic, and you could kind of on an every year basis. But who who's beloved more than Steph Curry doing what he does? By the way, there's stats out there. He's going to shatter his three point mark this year. Current pace. You see KD at five to one, which brings me to a whole discussion again about Kyrie. They, they were we we have screens up in the in the uh, studio while we're watching this, and of course they do all the mainstream media shows where they come up with topics and they burn 15 minutes doing it, and they were talking about, oh, should KD ask for a trade, right? Hypothetical topics like that. Should KD ask for a trade? I don't want to get into that, but you know what the one part of that argument that is right, though, is? We don't make enough of how Kyrie completely hoodwinked KD at this point. Like, he has, he's like, hey, come play with me, come play with me, and then this thing happened, and now he's just completely abandoned him. And if you're in Kevin Durant, that quiet moment when Kevin Durant puts his head on his pillow at night and it's only him and his thoughts, what is he thinking to himself? I left Steph for this dude. What have I done? Got to. One other thing, Ben Simmons and the uh, Sixers. How's that resolving itself? Is that ever going to resolve itself? It's not. So Ben Simmons, and, and this as speaking as an as a, as a older gentleman than those guys, Ben Simmons and Kyrie, when they're older, let's say they miss a whole season. Let's just say it carries out for a whole season. They're going to look back on their life. You know they will. When they're 45, 50 years old, might not even take that long and be like, I can't believe I was so stupid to miss a season. Like one year of my prime, which I can never get back, I missed. Because of, in Kyrie's case, a stand that he took? Okay you're allowed to make a stand maybe he didn't maybe he won't regret it because it is a stand that he's making regardless of how we feel about it or one might feel about it but in ben simmons case and by the way his agent rich paul who's like oh it's a mental health thing and the sixers are making this worse i said this last night on primetime. you said he wasn't mentally ready that's not the same as a mental health issue so if it is a mental health issue we all have sympathy for that But that ain't what you said. You said he's not mentally ready. Stop conflating the two things. You're doing a disservice to people who actually have mental health issues. So that's another thing where it's like making Ben Simmons just look like such an unsympathetic character by by his agent talking out both sides of his mouth, too. Anyway, NBA, filled with drama as always. But I think Warriors and Steph Curry, I think those are bets. I think the Steph Curry MVP bet is actually better. Because I think that's more of a sure thing. We'll come back. Michael Lombardi. I got questions for him. Some of what we've touched on, some of which we have not. Coming up, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
5: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a ten dollars moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three, you'll win two hundred dollars in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code Visa two hundred when you make your first bet. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds, specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Just download the app; won't take you but a few seconds, or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code Visa two hundred to win two hundred dollars in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Once again, the tennis pick today, Cameron Norrie. Uh, Right around plus 130. I got plus 132. If you can find plus 130, still very playable. Play it you know, as far down, it's about plus-122, by the way. I think it's still playable. Let's say plus-120. Um, don't go too far lower than that. But Cameron Norrie against um, Kasper Rood. That's at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Cameron Norrie, second alternate, replacing uh, the uh, withdrawing Stefanos Tsitsipas today. Let us bring him in. He is the host of the Lombardi line at the top of the hour each and every weekday here on Vison. The name of the book is Gridiron Genius. The podcast is GM Shuffle. And of course, you can find him on Twitter at @m_lombardiNFL. It is Michael Lombardi. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing great, Gil. Thank you. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well. I have I have some questions. Let me just start. I have there's one question I want to ask. I really can ask it two different ways, so it's a little different. But the, the, I'll do it the most broadly first, which is who's the biggest after all of this? After all the upsets we've seen here in the last couple of weeks. Um, whether it's the Bills, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's the Buccaneers, goes on and on. The Rams the other night, who's the biggest paper tiger of all of them?
8: Well, you got to think it's the Rams. I mean, you know the the Rams are you know they're they're, they're supposed to be the best team of all. I mean, the Forty Nine ers weren't even supposed to score on them the other night. So you know, to me, the Rams seem like they're a little bit of a paper tiger because they're they're so heavy in terms of their supreme talent, right, that if they have any injuries, if they lose Whitworth or if they lose an offensive lineman or if they lose any more defensive players, they could easily be out of this thing. And uh, the last two games, you know, Tennessee comes in wounded and, and whoops Some San Francisco's defense hadn't played well up until that point. They score 31 on them and run the ball over 40 times, you know, when they weren't supposed to score any points. So, uh, for me, I, I think the Rams right now, everybody has them going to the Super Bowl, but, you know, everybody posts this, you know, Sean McVay's numbers when he leads
5: at halftime. How about when he doesn't lead at halftime? <laughs> it's very true. We should, we should unearth those numbers. Um, okay, so here's the cousin to that question, and you would have, you're the perfect person to answer this because you would have a so much better sense than someone like I would, which is, what is the unit on one of those teams that are considered elite that has been the most exposed. Let me give you a couple, uh, let me give you a few options. You can choose from one of these or go off the grid here. The Baltimore offense, Miami threw 24 defensive back blitzes at them. Clearly Lamar Jackson had trouble handling that. The Kansas City offense, even though the Raiders decided to play it differently this past week, Kansas City offense, clearly there's a book, right? Don't blitz, two safeties Mm -hmm. back. Uh, And then the Rams' defense. I mean, we have to bring that up with the Niners just gashing them the other night. Maybe there's another one. What's the unit that has gotten the most exposed and will be the most vulnerable moving forward because you believe the coaches aren't equipped enough to adjust?
8: Well, I think we saw it Thursday night with, with, uh, you know, a lot of people in Survivor paid the price for Greg Roman's inability to have any game plan versus blitz zero. I mean... It's really, you can blame Lamar, but what was Lamar going to do? The blitz zero, the combination of how bad the field was plus split zero. I think the Chiefs offensively, you know, they're going to come around, and if you're going to be as stubborn as Gus Bradley is and continue to play your scheme when everybody else is having success playing something different, uh, you know, then I think you have to do it. I think the Rams, though, more than any team, you know, from the opening game of the year when Chicago went out there and moved the ball against them fairly easily. and they, they, I know Andy Dalton only threw for 188 yards in that game, but they moved the ball and they held the ball quite a bit. You know, to me, the Rams' defense, if it's—if you block them and don't throw over to Ramsey's side, you're going to move the ball on them. Is it good enough to win with? I mean, the Niners, you know, ran over 40 times. They scored 31 points, converted multiple third downs. On a grass field, you know we haven't seen Donald, Aaron Donald. There's been games where I haven't seen Aaron Donald show up. People are block. People are blocking him. People mm-hmm. are running away from blocking him. I know he's a great player, but you know I didn't see Von Miller show up in that game the other night either. So to me,
5: I, I'm more disappointed of all those units, probably the Rams' defense the most. So since we bring up the Niners then and playing the Rams this past Monday night, let me let me just ask about them for a second because. They have had horrible fumble luck all year, um, and that's something that we don't really register with our eye. It just sort of accumulates. So they probably were better than most thought heading into that game. But the really interesting quirk about the Niners, and I'm sure you will appreciate this based on um, the last year's events, certainly in the NFL draft, but they have a few things now where it's like they have young players that they've drafted that it appears that they couldn't care less about. So – there's obviously the Trey Lance thing. He's not even <laughs> getting any run. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing every down.
8: But it's more I, than that. I, I love that. I love that everybody week says, you know, there's a package for
5: Trey Lance this week. But then we never see the package. Never see the package. It's we never a, see the package. So it's, it's that. It's they drafted Trey Sermon. Michael, I was among many who was like, oh, Trey Sermon, he's going to be great. They seem to prefer Elijah Mitchell. Not seem to. They clearly do. And they even put Debo Samuel in the backfield now in front of Trey Sermon. Right? Trey Sermon's active. He's not even getting no, any no. run. And then, there's, and then there's Brandon Ayuk, which might just be a performance thing. But have, do you ever remember a team like this that's like, we drafted all these guys, and then we're kind of like, eh, you know what, we're better off without you guys playing.
8: You know, and considering that Shanahan ultimately is the decision maker, it's kind of interesting how he falls in and out of love with the players so quickly. But Mitchell has beat Sermon out. You know, Mitchell has beat Sermon out. Sermon hasn't looked like the player that we all thought he could be. And look, I, I mean... We this whole show could be dominated to the Trey Lance Twitter sensation and the pro football focus sensation, which I still don't understand. You know, clearly, clearly there's a bone to pick in that organization. And Kyle Shanahan watches Mac Jones play and Mac Jones throwing, you know, when he throws the seam route to Bourne and all the throws he makes in the game, you're sitting there saying to yourself, this is the perfect guy for Kyle Shanahan. It was then and it is now.
5: How do we solve a problem like the Tennessee Titans? Am I, am I crazy to think? <laughs> am I crazy to think that although I get it, people are like, eh, I think the Titans are, you know, as currently constituted, they're just not very good. Okay, I get it. They don't have Derrick Henry. Their defense isn't elite. I get it. But, and I'll say this again, they've won all the tough games. they got an easy schedule in front of them. You look at the adjusted season win totals. They've got the high mark in the NFL right now when you factor in the juice. They are supposed to have the best record. That would give them the number one seed. Derrick Henry is supposed to come back. They might have a couple weeks rest, maybe three. They also have a coach in Mike Vrabel and a team that is actually tried and true, tested in the playoffs. Why wouldn't this team have, even as bad as they look right at this moment, why wouldn't they have, have as good a chance as anyone to win the Super Bowl?
8: Well, they, they do. I mean, we keep dismissing them, but they keep finding ways to win. I mean, last week they had, you know, they had no business really uh, winning that game. I mean, the referees certainly helped them with the call sure in the end did. zone. Sure and, you know, they stopped the two-point play. I mean, New Orleans play was the better team that day. But for some reason, and I think this is contagious, and it's a tribute to Mike Vrabel, they find ways to win. I mean, they find ways to win. I mean, they have forced—they have forced nine turnovers in the last four weeks. I mean, they forced turnovers with their defense. Their offense is opportunistic. You know, the last three weeks they haven't rushed for 100 yards, and they've won all the games on the road in Indy. Didn't rush for 100 on the on the road in Los Angeles. Didn't rush for 100. Last week against the, the New Orleans at home didn't rush for 100. They just find a way to win, and they—they they basically adhere to the adage that often is spoken in New England is they're going to avoid losing before they win. And they've avoided losing. That's what they've done a great job of.
5: All right, Michael, your record this year, picking NFL games, very, very under the radar excellent. So congratulations to you, by the way, on that. Thank you. As you look at you, as you look at the, you know, there
8: it's been to me, it's a learning experience because as a football guy, You want to go, like San Francisco, the Rams. It's easy for people to say the Rams should have won. But that was a last stand game for San Francisco. That was a last stand game for San Francisco. And San Francisco was either going to win that game or their season was over. And to me, I think that's why the line was moving. Same thing with the Vikings and the Chargers. That was a last stand game. Those are the games. So for me, it's been a great learning experience of understanding, yes, you know the game and one paper, what should happen. But then there's another element to it.
5: What, as you look, and I'm not going to hold you to this because it's midweek, but as you look at the Week 11 numbers, what's your favorite bet right now? I mean, I'm I'm
8: loving New Orleans this week. You know, I think New Orleans will do a great job against the Oklahoma offense of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and yeah. I think New Orleans will understand how to attack this Eagle defense, which is very pedestrian at best. I'm really in favor of the matchup. I like Sean Payton against Nick Sirianni.
5: I couldn't understand why the uh, Eagles were favored, but I could see it going either way. That's the game I want no part of. Dave Ross has entered the studio. Michael, I must (laughs) run. Thank you, Gil. Thank you, Have a great week. You too. Michael Lombardi, host of the Lombardi Line, hosted by Dave Ross today. We look forward to that. It's next at Feast and Enjoy from the Sports Betting Network.
8: work.